0: has arrived. Yes, Election Day 2018. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. We're going to have plenty of political talk to get to this hour. We'll hear from President Trump as he was at a rally. Well, he had three on Monday alone, but his final one was in Cape Girardeau in the Boot Hill of Missouri. And he was joined by Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity. Lee Greenwood was there in Cape Girardeau. And we're going to hear the intro that Rush Limbaugh and Lee Greenwood helped give President Trump in that raucous rally last night in southeast Missouri. So we'll have that. We're going to hear from President Obama. He and Tim Kaine joined up in Fairfax, Virginia on Monday and they brought donuts to some staffers. I'm not going to say it's more exciting to hear them than Trump. Trump had about 10,000 people in there and I think Obama had about 50. (laughs) But it was interesting to hear Obama and like it or not, he's the celebrity spokesperson for the Democratic Party, and he's been out campaigning, going around the country. It was very easy for him to go down to Fairfax from his home in Washington for the rally for for the support for Tim Kaine, who's also on the ballot today in the Commonwealth of Virginia as he's trying to get reelected to the U.S. Senate. But we'll hear from both President Trump and President Obama in this hour alone, and this has been a very divisive 2018 election. But. We wouldn't have it any other way. That's just the way this stuff goes here with the Y'all Show with John Raw. Also, because it's been so divisive, this has crept over, believe it or not, to the media. And in my goofing around on the World Wide Web on YouTube, I found this clip that actually is from about a week ago, but it is Chris Wallace and Shepard Smith of Fox News, and they're going at each other over a disagreement about the guy that had the bombs going all over the country that didn't go off, thankfully. But it was fascinating to hear them kind of revving up their tension amongst each other, and they're both Fox News hosts and anchors. And I just thought I would share that with you here on the Y'all Show. And I I just, I, I, I didn't think that would be possible on the same network that you'd have anchors having a little bit of a little bit of their neck riled up a little bit. but That's what happened. So we'll have all that here in hour one as we have a lot of political talk to get to, but we're not going to start off with political talk. We'll go through the headlines, non-politics first, before we switch over to politics. And hey, this is not just a big day for elections in America. This is the start of college basketball. Yes, as Southern icons Duke and Kentucky get together on the hard court for the start of The 2018-19 college basketball season, and we'll touch on that briefly when we have the start of hour two in our Sports Land app, and then we'll we'll have plenty of college football talk to get to. We'll share with you info on the UCF Knights. They continue to win. They found a, a little bit of a challenge last week with Temple in town, but the Knights were able to prevail, and they're still undefeated. And they are one of a handful of teams in the country. That are undefeated. It may only be Alabama, Clemson, and UCF left. It's, it's, I don't have the all the polls and rankings in front of me right now. But I think there's only three teams left that are undefeated in FBS football. So we'll have the head coach of the Knights, Josh Heupel. We've got some audio that he put out Monday. As UCF looks impressive. They've got the big sign in their stadium. 2018. No, I'm sorry. twenty Maybe they need to go ahead and put one up for 2018. They got 2017 national champions, big and bold. Now, don't go tell the folks in Tuscaloosa that, but they've got one up in Orlando. So we'll have a spotlight on UCF, and we'll also go through the rest of the group of five. There's a big game in the Sun Belt this weekend between Georgia Southern and Troy, and that happens in Statesboro. We'll have info on that. Plus, we'll look at the FCS ranks, give you the latest standings and rankings in FCS or one double a football that's all in our sports land yep. and then before we get out of here in hour two the barrister of bodacious barbecue will be stopping by and that would be matt Herman's, and his spotlight this week we've already covered ribs we've already covered pork shoulder it's time for him to put the big old bodacious spotlight on brisket yes and if you grew up a long way away from texas like i did you never heard of such a thing called brisket well Matt's going to tell us why brisket is important and why, if you don't have brisket on a regular basis, it's worth checking out. You might want to go do some research and find you a good brisket place in your neighborhood. So that's coming up, Hour 2. We'll have a combination of football and barbecue. Now, tell me if it doesn't get any better than that. Well, yeah, it does, because today we're going to talk a lot of politics on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Hey, our number is 803-816-1170 on the World Wide Web. You can find us. At y'all show, it's www.y'allshow. And on Twitter, we are at y'allshow, Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W. We'd love to have you here on the show. And before I forget, let me go ahead and tease it this hour. I'll tease it again next hour. Later in the week on Thursday, we'll have our SEC spotlight. And we're going to have Ryan Fowler joining us once again. Ryan is the host of the afternoon sports show in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He was on back in late June with us. And he got a lot of people fired up with his absolute Homerism of Alabama football. Well, they're the number one team in the country. They got every single vote for number one. And I guess we'll let him slide with his very arrogant approach to college football. When you're the king and there's nobody, I don't even think, on the radar that can knock you from your seat, yeah, you have a bit of arrogance. But Ryan will be on our Thursday, y'all show. If you have a question or comment about Crimson Tide football, Let let us hear it here on the Y'all Show. Text us, 803-817-1170. 803-816. Sorry, it's 803-816-1170. And, of course, you can also email us, y'allshow at y'all.com, and get your questions in. For Ryan Fowler, host of the game on Tide 102.3 in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, does a great job every day, four hours of Crimson Tide Sports Talk on that sports station in T-Town, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. That's coming up Thursday. A lot of other good stuff later in the week, too. But right now, let's get into what's going on across the South. Non-politics. Well, I I don't know what's going on at Riverbend in Nashville, Tennessee. That is where Death Row is. That's the prison just outside of downtown Nashville. And they just executed a guy the other day, Edmund Zagorski. He was killed... In the electric chair that's that was the form of death for him, and now, four Tennessee death row inmates are asking a federal court to allow them to have a firing squad used as an execution method. The four inmates named in the lawsuit include David Earl Miller, who is scheduled to be executed on December sixth and is the longest standing death row inmate in the state of Tennessee. He was sentenced to death for in nineteen eighty one The rape and murder of a 23-year-old Lee Standifer, who was mentally handicapped, and that happened in Knoxville. But yeah, now asking federal help to get shot, a firing squad. I thought firing squads were reserved for people in the military, but these Tennessee death row inmates asking to be shot instead of electrocuted or or lethal injection. And I didn't realize until the Zagorski was put away last week that how risky these lethal injections are these days sometimes they don't work or they they they, they're botched and it takes longer than it's, it's expected for the inmate to die in the process that they're using so maybe there's something to having a firing squad i assume that might be the way i would prefer to go if i were ever on death row a firing squad because as crazy as it sounds there's actually some nobility to having a firing squad that's what happens in the military, like if you were uh, in the old days, if you were to be a deserter, even though there's no pride in being a deserter, well, that's what they do to take care of business in the old days. I don't think they do that anymore. The son of a North Carolina judge has been accused of uh, burning a cross and then threatening a synagogue. William Josephus Warden of Cary is the son of a North Carolina Court of Appeals judge. And this 20 year old threatened to damage a synagogue Saturday night, and then he burned across in a town park last month, according to Cary, North Carolina police. He was arrested Saturday night at 11 o'clock at the apartment complex where he lives. And as I said, he's the son of a appeals judge, and that judge would be Lucy Inman, who said in the statement that the arrest can be attributed to long standing mental illness for which her son has sought treatment. So. Police said that about 45 minutes before the arrest, a man went to Congregation Shariah Shalom on Old Apex Road in Cary and rang a doorbell. And I think they had like one of those ring cameras. And a woman who monitors the doorbell there answered. And the man who police said was warden threatened to damage the synagogue. And police then charged warden with misdemeanor ethnic intimidation. But not good for this young man and the son of a North Carolina Court of Appeals judge. That happening in the state of North Carolina. A company based in North Carolina, Lowe's, is going to be closing 20 stores in the U.S. And one of those is in the state of Alabama. We've got a complete listing here that we'll tell you about that affect the rest of the South. Graysville, Alabama is the location in the Yellowhammer state. In the state of Louisiana, the one Lowe's of East New Orleans on 5770 Reed Boulevard in the Big Easy is closing. In Missouri, the Lowe's of Bridgeton and the Lowe's of Florissant, Missouri, are shutting down. And in Texas, the Lowe's of Irving, Texas, on Airport Freeway in Irving, closing. And there are several other states like Minnesota, Michigan, Massachusetts, and more that will have closings. But you yeah, the Home Improvement Store closing 20, quote, underperforming stores in the country. And this... A decision is going to also affect 31 stores that will be closing in the country of Canada, bringing the total closures to 51. I'm not sure what's going on in the home improvement business these days, but I'm not sure if the tariffs on China and such are, are causing this. But we are sad, sad to see this North Carolina-based company with a proud heritage. I think they're originally from North Wilkesboro or either Wilkesboro, North Carolina, with a heritage of, of them and, and Home Depot both being Southern based and Southern founded companies. More news on the business front to tell you about, and this comes to the state of Louisiana as a Japanese company has now broken ground for a $70 million vegetable oil plant in Avondale, Louisiana. This will be uh, something that will affect Jefferson Parish, and the Fuji Vegetable Oil plans to process palm oil palm kernel oil, sunflower oil, and coconut oil at this plant. The complex will also include storage and distribution facilities. The project is expected to create 39 jobs with an average salary of $77,000 a year. Need to get my resume in there. Fuji expects to begin hiring late in 2019, and the plan is expected to be complete in June 2020. Fuji vegetable oil is the U.S. arm of Fuji Oil Holdings of Osaka, Japan. The U.S. subsidiary was founded in 1987 in Savannah, Georgia, where its other plant is located. So I guess they make vegetable oil along the Savannah River in the port city of Savannah, Georgia. But now, just outside of Avondale, Louisiana, getting a $70 million vegetable oil plant in Louisiana. I wonder what the the smell will be like there for that. Because if you ever go to Baton Rouge in that area, they kind of have a nickname, and that nickname would be corn dogs, because there's a certain smell from all those plants along the Mississippi River in Louisiana, and it kind of smells like corn dogs, and that's why people pick on LSU fans for for, for smelling like corn dogs, because there's an aroma, and I'm sorry if I'm offending you if you don't know this, but that's just, that's, that's why they say this, and I've been in there, and there is a, a little bit of a a little hint of a corn dog. But I, I like corn dogs a lot. Both LSU fans and the real corn dog. I'll take you the one. Sorry, LSU. I don't know what happened to you last week against Bama. But good news there for the state of Louisiana is a company from Japan coming in and investing in a big way. Hey, more news from along the Gulf Coast. A new U.S. Coast Guard ship has been built, and it's leaving its Mississippi shipyard in pascagoula this is the seventh in a series of ships for the coast guard and it's left the Ingalls Shipbuilding on the mississippi gulf coast and this is for the cutter kimball and it sailed away last week from its pascagoula shipyard it was delivered to the coast guard in september and is bound for hawaii where it's supposed to be commissioned in january and based afterward the ship is named after sumner kimball the only head of the u.s life-saving service a forerunner Of the Coast Guard. I never heard of that. U.S. Life Saving Service. Need to look that up. The 11,500 employee shipyard in Pascagoula is building two more cutters and has received material contracts in preparation for a 10th and 11th ship in the class. The Coast Guard announced a $497 million price for the Kimball when it was originally awarded the contract back in 2014. But yeah, we don't often think of huge ships being built in the south, but sure enough, in Pascagoula, thanks to Ingalls Shipbuilding in Jackson County, Mississippi, they do a great job of putting out ships for our military primarily. And here's the latest example. Good luck, Coast Guard Cutter Kimball, with your service to our country. A Texas company has scored a $145 million border wall contract. As the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol said, that SLSCO will begin construction of an 18 foot reinforced concrete levee wall in February. And this was a $145 million contract awarded to this Texas company, which will build six miles of wall along the US-Mexico border and the Rio Grande Valley. Good news there for this company based in the Lone Star State. The government recently constructed a two mile, 30 foot tall section of fencing along the border in california but this going in in the grand rio grande valley of texas from a texas company and a good job there for this company again the company called slsco i have no idea what that stands for but i'm sure it's got a great acronym for some reason and they're getting a part of that border wall built in their native state a 20 vehicle crash happened in north charleston south carolina on monday and luckily no life-threatening injuries as a result but three hours it took for people to wait in traffic in rush hour on a monday morning and the uh, was caused by a car going in the wrong lane and the bridge this is the cosgrove bridge in the north area of charleston just a few miles from downtown charleston and again it happened at rush hour but to have 20 cars involved in this accident on this bridge had to be a complete nightmare the sheriff's office of charleston county says the injuries range from moderate to fairly serious but none were life-threatening that's great news as we said and investigators are working to determine what exactly caused the collision and how many cars were affected we have a report of 20 but it could have been a little bit more than that but this happened in charleston south carolina yesterday morning luckily they got it cleared up after a couple hours Never good to be stuck in traffic, but on a bridge especially. The University of Tennessee Martin has suspended the Tennessee Tau chapter of Sigma Alpha Epsilon fraternity while the school investigates hazing allegations. The suspension started on November 1st. No word on exactly what happened, but the University and the Fraternity Service Center of Sigma Alpha Epsilon are cooperating in a joint investigation of the chapter, which was suspended by the National Fraternity in October An investigation is looking into reports of hazing, underage drinking, and improper student conduct. No injuries have been reported from this chapter. Again, this is at the University of Tennessee Martin, home of the Skyhawks in Martin, Tennessee. Another story from the volunteer state, and this is very sad, is a father is now in jail after a drunk driving crash killed his son early Saturday morning. And investigators say that the father has now been charged ...with the DUI, and he's been charged with a DUI before. Around 5 a.m. on Saturday morning, investigators responded to a one-vehicle crash on Northfield Boulevard in Murfreesboro, and it involved a 2005 Honda Odyssey. An investigation revealed the minivan was traveling westbound on East Northfield Boulevard and struck a curb multiple times before leaving the roadway and striking a fire hydrant, causing it to roll onto its side... The crash resulted in both people in the minivan being trapped, and both were ended up being extricated by the Murfreesboro, Tennessee Fire Rescue Department. The passenger, 33 year old Brian Keith Downing Jr., was pronounced dead at the scene, and the driver, 59 year old Brian Keith Downing Sr., was treated on the scene and taken to St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital, where he ultimately was released and then taken into custody and charged with vehicular homicide and driving under the influence for a third offense. So terrible news there for that family, and this father, because of his decision to drink and go behind the wheel, ends up killing his own son in a DUI crash in the borough. A suicide in North Carolina is being attributed to Hurricane Florence, and as a result, the death toll for that storm that came through in September is now up to the, in the state of North Carolina alone, it's up to 41 have now been attributed to Hurricane Florence and the death in North Carolina. As this man took his own life after his home was damaged by two hurricanes in the past 3 years. The chief medical examiner in that of Robeson County says 69-year-old man took his death last week and he died more than a month after Florence made landfall back on September 14th. He'd also had losses from Hurricane Matthew in 2016 and he is the second suicide on the official death count for hurricane florence an 82 year old north carolinian whose home was condemned due to florence related flooding also killed himself the state's official tally says 10 of the dead from hurricane florence drowned in their vehicles the top cause of fatalities six other storm related deaths were the result of motor vehicle crashes i don't know how to file this one But at Brookwood High School in Snellville, Georgia, the band has come under assault because at a performance over the weekend, the tuba players, which had, this is a school where their mascot is known as their Broncos, B-R-O-N-C-O-S. But for whatever reason, and this is a majority-minority school, it's about 60% minority at Brookwood High School in Snellville, And for whatever reason, as a prank, three seniors planned this stunt to where instead of spelling out Broncos as it normally is on the tubas, that they instead spelled out C-O-O-N-S. And according to officials of the school, two of the students are black. One is Asian and one is Hispanic. And they knew that the slur C-O-O-N-S was not acceptable, but they went ahead and And did it anyway and people are in disbelief. Normally the band uses the instrument covers to spell out the mascot name Broncos. But last Friday these students instead spelled out this slur insulting black people. And the principal Beau Ford of Brookwood High School has apologized in a letter to parents and the community. I saw somewhere where the band director was not on the field when his band was performing. This is the second completely completely idiotic act I've seen of high school marching bands in football season this year. In Mississippi back in September, I think it was, a high school near Jackson came out after a cop shooting in the country at that time, just in the day or two of that, and they had some of their band members dressed uh with assault weapons or something like that. It's been a while since I've seen the video, but that that caused a a big ruckus in the Magnolia State a few weeks ago. But here again in Georgia at Brookwood High School in Snellville, problems with the high school ban. These students have been suspended, and we'll see what happens to them. But, yeah, this was really, really dumb. A bad prank, but hopefully they'll get past it and life goes on. They're still kids. They they have that excuse going for them. As dumb as it was, they're probably still 17 years old or, or younger and their lives can hopefully not be permanently sullied by this not so smart decision. Also, in the state of Georgia, and here's our D U M M guy for the day. We we need one. We we really need one on election day when our stress levels up anyway. But in Macon, Georgia, a man robbing a McDonald's restaurant there in central Georgia accidentally shot himself in the thigh, foiling his escape when he was robbing a mcdonald's news outlets in that area say that the armed man was wearing a wig and he entered the restaurant saturday night and ordered the manager to take him to a safe deputies say the manager complied before fleeing with another employee it says then they heard a gunshot and saw the thief flee and witness witnesses told deputies they later heard a man screaming for help And when the deputies arrived, they say 26-year-old Dante Sherard Greyer was found wearing only his boxers and lying near a wig, money, and other clothing. Deputies say he was identified as the suspect and taken to a hospital in stable condition. They say he'll be arrested upon his release. But, yeah, mistakenly shooting himself in the process of robbing a McDonald's in Macon, Georgia. (laughs) What's going on in Bibb County now? Oh, that's just, I, again, I'll tell you again, people, I'd said it earlier, I'll say it again. What's wrong with you people? No, just kidding. Most all of us, we're about 99% great, but we got a few knuckleheads out there. And Dante, Sherrard Grayer, in the process of robbing this McDonald's, shooting himself. Remember, I think it was just two days ago here on the show, I told you about a person breaking into a Burger King and... They they didn't cheat themselves in this case, but they, they stole frozen hamburger patties. That's what they broke into the Burger King for. Knuckleheads Anonymous. We need to create an organization called that. Well, that is a look at what's going on around the region here on this Election Day 2018. When we come back, we will switch our focus to politics. We're going to hear from President Trump as well as Rush Limbaugh, the czar of conservative talk. As they were last night together in Rush Limbaugh's hometown of Cape Girardeau, Missouri, in the Boot Hill, and we'll hear from both the president and Rush Limbaugh, and if we're if we're lucky, we'll even put in a little Lee Greenwood music as he performed live. God bless the USA. That's not uncommon. That is the common song for President Trump to enter at any of these rallies he has. But Lee Greenwood joined the president Sunday night in Chattanooga on the campus of UTC when they had a rally there. And then he went, kind of as another surprise, to Cape Girardeau and was there last night getting the crowd fired up for the president, for Rush Limbaugh. Sean Hannity was also on hand in the Cape. And we'll have that coming your way. And kind of like another organization, we try to be somewhat fair and balanced on this show. We're going to listen to President Barack Obama and Tim Kaine, the current senator in the state of Virginia. And those two were together yesterday in Fairfax. They went and visited a office that's helping try to get Tim Kaine reelected in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And President Obama was feeling good, although his voice is failing him. He really sounds rough, and he even has admitted it. I don't know what's going on. You know, he smokes. So that could be part of it. He just doesn't have the stamina at, he is now 57 years old. He doesn't have the stamina at 57 that Donald J. Trump has at 72. It's a good thing that those two never really went up against each other because I'm not sure that President Trump couldn't have knocked him off based purely on the argument, remember, he made against Hillary Clinton, said that she didn't have the stamina when she was feigning and doing stuff. I don't know what kind of drug Donald Trump's on. He must be, he says he doesn't smoke, but he's got to have something. There's no way a 72-year-old person should be going around the country like he did just yesterday alone with three political rallies and up till well past two in the morning when he got back to Washington. And he'll be up and going at, at the crack of dawn i mean i don't i don't know how he does it but he does it so yeah he's got some knucklehead things he says and does at times but if you mix in all the other stuff he does during the day that most of us would be asleep i guess we can forgive some of the some of the stuff that he does can't can't we yeah yeah we can so we'll hear from president obama tim Kaine, and then later in the hour before we switch the page to hour two as promised there's been a civil war between anchors of fox news And we'll have some of that heated debate later this hour here on the Y'all Show. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back to talk politics, y'all. This car I'm driving,
1: I overpaid big time. It was such a (laughs) mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range.
2: Oh, they were way off. Son of a... Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com
3: wherever you are this giving season there's no better way to say happy holidays than with custom cards calendars and photo gifts from vistaprint and right now you can get 50 percent off all holiday cards and calendars at vistaprint.com there are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures So get merry, get jolly, get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus save on other photo gifts at Vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's Vistaprint.com promo code HOLIDAY. piece of land Sometimes my life can get so hectic And out of the blue when I least suspect it Somewhere between a hundred
0: I love that song from Missouri's own Sarah Evans, Missing Missouri. Yeah, every time her bus wheel hits the boot heel. Well, President Trump didn't ride in on a bus last night at Cape Girardeau, Missouri. He flew in on Air Force One, taking the easy route, of course. But he was joined by Cape Girardeau's native son, Rush Limbaugh, and also Lee Greenwood and Sean Hannity were amongst the celebrities in attendance at this rally at the University there at SEMO in Cape Girardeau last night. Big night. Rush Limbaugh was on the stage. We don't hear from him often. He normally is reserved to only doing his talk show, but he got in front of the hometown crowd and talked about President Trump, and he introduced the president, and let's go in and hear some of that, that intro. We're going to hear a little Lee Greenwood, and maybe if you're lucky, a little President Donald Trump, too, thanking all of that great fun there in Cape Girardeau last night.
1: Who among anybody in politics could you have glommed onto to to have this kind of chance to make America great again? There wasn't anybody that was actually standing for this. Everybody gets caught up in what's going on in Washington, inside the establishment. You were being ignored. You weren't being listened to. You weren't being paid any attention to it. Even now, the real anger at Trump is actually aimed at you for having elected him. But he doesn't need this. He puts up with this, and thank God he does. Because he's indefatigable. The man simply doesn't get tired. He doesn't wear out. For those of you... No, no, There's somebody from Rio Linda here. Indefatigable. He doesn't get tired. He just keeps going and so forth. Without any further ado, folks, thank you so much. It's been great. It's great to be here, be part of this. Raise the roof. Here he comes, the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. If
4: tomorrow, all the things were gone, work for all my life, and I had to start again just my
0: children and my wife and this is election day 2018 the midterm elections and last night in cape Girardeau, right there you heard from president trump lee greenwood singing his great god bless the usa we need to make that a not the but a national anthem president trump if you're listening i know you can make that happen that should be one of our star spangled banner followed by maybe stars and stripes forever and then lee greenwood God bless the USA. I want to hear that come July 4th every year, the Marine Band playing God bless the USA. That would be an incredible addition to the repertoire of our country. And a good old Tennessee resident, Lee Greenwood, not from Tennessee. I think he actually grew up in California and Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, a great guy. And he's been out stumping for President Trump in the last few days as the Republicans look to hold on to the Senate, perhaps hold on to the Congress and ride a red tsunami into 2020. Now, the Democrats, well, they they don't quite feel that way. And right now, we're going to listen to President Barack Obama, the former president, number 44, was in Virginia on Monday. He was in Fairfax. He brought donuts by the workers helping out on the Tim Kaine for U.S. Senate re-election effort. And Tim Kaine was right there alongside. And I'm going to play some of this here. And this is really kind of something I've never heard before. These two actually talking about how they're kind of not blood kin, but they are kin based on their sort of maternal area, where their roots are. And in Obama's case, it's from his mother's side of the family. And Tim Kaine, who his mother was right there at this rally or at this event, she also is from the same hometown. And we're going to listen to them talk about this Kansas town and their connection. They actually started serving in Congress and the U.S. Senate In 2004 together, and this is just a really cool glimpse into these guys who were friends and big players in the Democratic Party.
5: What happened in 2008 was me, a new senator, uh, presumptuous enough to think maybe that I might run for president, announced and... Tim Kaine, a new governor, decides against all (laughs) political wisdom (laughs) and against all odds to be the first significant elected official outside of my home state of Illinois to endorse my candidacy for president. He didn't have to do it. I'm sure there were those who advised him not to do it. (laughs) And so, uh, very early in my campaign, we stood uh, in what had been the heart of the Confederacy. And Tim Kaine, a new governor, announced that he would support my candidacy to be the first African-American president of the United States. And... So So it was Tim's courage, undoubtedly uh, spurred by Aunt <laughs> uh, and uh, the history of her family, as incredible advocates, by the way, from another party, advocates on behalf of civil rights, that I was able to get a head start in Virginia. So I say, I say that, I tell that story because when Tim Kaine talks about decency and compassion and doing what you believe is right, even if it's not always politically expedient, he is somebody who I have witnessed do that time and time again. And that is why I am so proud, not just to support him for an election, because... That's part of my job.
0: And some audio there from Monday where President Obama and Tim Kaine, U.S. Senator from the Commonwealth of Virginia, were together trying to stir up the suburban vote in Northern Virginia as it's Election Day 2018. And will Virginia have that blue trend that we've seen in recent years? Remember, this is a state that went for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Unlike most every other southern state, Virginia was blue, not red. So we'll have to be watching Virginia closely as Tim Kaine is on the ballot. He's expected to win easily, but you never know what will happen if people don't show up to vote. He could be in for a real, real climb this evening as the election results come in. One footnote I want to throw in there, back to President Trump. We heard that clip before we heard from Obama and Kaine. During the event uh, during the event last night in, in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, It was about an eight-minute break when someone collapsed in the front part of that audience. Now, oddly enough, just prior to flying into Cape Girardeau, the president had a rally in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And almost at the exact same spot in the crowd, over to his right, down below and to the right, on the floor, someone also collapsed at that rally. So I don't know what's going on. Is this staged? Surely not. Because at the Cape Girardeau event, the lady that collapsed, she was down for about eight minutes. and They had to bring a stretcher in. Very scary situation. The president at both rallies stopped what he was doing. He walked off and and encouraged everybody to to take their time and and take care of the people. Now, at the Cape Girardeau rally, I'll have to say, I've never seen anything like this. After a couple of minutes, the the president actually asked for them to say a, a little prayer for the woman that was out there suffering and then the crowd which was probably about nine or ten thousand people actually broke out into a rendition of amazing grace and it was pretty pretty cool pretty cool moment for such a terrible thing so go back and find that video perhaps it's being shown on tv today but probably not pretty neat thing to see that kind of song emerging from such a a very scary event in cape Girardeau last night When we come back on the Y'all Show, Fox News. Well, they've done the beat for the conservatives for a long time, but they've got one guy that I know isn't so conservative, and he's one of their main featured anchors. That would be Shepard Smith. And just the other day, he had a little heated debate with his fellow Fox News anchor, Chris Wallace. And we've got that audio. We're going to play a little portion for you next as we wrap up Hour 1 of Election Day 2018.
4: Ulta Beauty, the holidays are all about letting your inner glam shine through at every occasion. So whether you're getting ready to show them who's boss at the office party with pink and berry shades from Urban Decay's new Naked Cherry Palette, or you're getting ready for a mistletoe moment with colorful, kissable lip kits from brands like Tarte, ColourPop, and Anastasia, Ulta Beauty is here to help you shine brighter all season long, from Friendsgiving to New Year's Eve. Get ready to gift, get ready to glam, get ready to shine brighter. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.
6: The natural habitat of a creepy doll is a horror movie. It can't help being creepy. It's that small fixed smile and those never-closing eyes, always watching you, plotting, which you're imagining. It's mindless. But when the creepy doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them easy access to emergency roadside service through an award-winning app, it knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. The only question is, how did the creepy doll move from the bedroom to the hallway? I would get out of the house.
0: back into the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a southern accent. It is election day, and if you haven't voted before the polls close, please do your patriotic duty and go vote. Most states now, you got to have a photo ID, take that in there, show some kind of proof of residency if you need to. But please vote, because we don't want to hear you complaining about how things are if you don't even vote. Okay? I did my early voting two weeks ago now, so... I've done my job, you do your job, and we'll all be we'll all be great. Well here on the Y'all show, we aren't necessarily in the in 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 bed with Donald Trump. That's a terrible analogy, but that that's the truth. But I'm not so sure Fox News isn't in bed. They're they're in with him all the way. And and if they're not, he certainly feels that way, as he says it every chance he gets. Just last night along in Cape Girardeau, he had in attendance and on stage with him, Judge Janine Pirro of Fox News. He had Sean Hannity of Fox News. He's always doing their shows. It's, a, it's really kind of ridiculous. And I, I like his humor that he brings when he talks about fake news. But let's be honest, some of these organizations like CBS, they do a good job. I think a very fair job of covering him. ABC does a great job. Even CBS, I've already said CBS, but specifically 60 Minutes. The Leslie Stahl interview that she did a few weeks ago in the White House, I thought that was a very good interview, very fair, and for the most part, very favorable to President Trump. So it kind of gets old after a while, but I know that's part of his shtick, and that's why he he knows that the the crowd eats it up when he starts calling out fake news. Well, he loves Fox. And on Fox, they've got a guy from Holly Springs, Mississippi, as one of their main anchors. A guy that flunked out of Ole Miss. I won't say that he flunked out. He didn't finish when he was an undergrad at the University of Mississippi. He never has graduated from an undergraduate degree at the University of Mississippi. I have a degree from the University of Mississippi, and you, Shepard Smith, do not. Hotty Totty. Mine's a graduate degree, by the way. Take that, Shep. Well, anyway, he, I think's a liberal. Watch him. Listen to him, Okay. He is not conservative. And I don't mean to bash here, but he's he's an openly gay man and he's on a so-called conservative TV network. And I found that a little bit strange. Since Fox is in bed with conservatism and I know that CNN's got plenty of them and I watch Don Lemon and I watch Anderson Cooper, but I don't watch and I don't watch Shepard Smith and it's not because of his lifestyle choice. Honestly, I don't even know when he comes on. I think he comes on at like one or two in the afternoon and for whatever reason that's not a time I watch Fox News. But yes besides that I just think he's I don't think he's very conservative and just the other day he and Chris Wallace of all people kind of had a contentious debate on the air between the two of them and they were talking about this happened after the guy got arrested in Florida for mailing all the pipe bombs and luckily he was arrested and, and there was a lot of things being thrown out there. But here's a small portion of that little bit debate, a little bit fiery debate between these two Fox News anchors, and then we'll go play for you here on the Y'all Show on Election Day.
7: The president says we need to unify, well, that some of that begins with the rhetoric, does it not? Well, uh, it would certainly be good, but I think
8: it's separate and apart from the actions of this guy. Uh, this is a twisted person. There are 300 million Americans, and they may be part of the fierce political debate in the country, but
7: they don't put explosive devices in uh, Right, but when you packages, have this rhetoric, just, the one finish. you worry about. But when, you, when you talk like this, the, the, the concern is that that one crazy one might then get empowered. We don't know what happened in this case. But overall, Chris. But well, we do know what happened. No, we I do mean, know we don't that- know if he goes. Oh, President Trump hates him, so I'm going to go target him. We don't know any of that kind of stuff. But, but what difference
8: does it make, Sean? Well,
7: the don't fact, know. It the fact is, like the no. It's, is a, it's
8: a twisted. It's a twisted individual, and to hold President Trump responsible. I didn't hold him responsible. but that's the clear implication. No, of what the implic.
7: I did is not. Now let's be fair, Chris. I'm, the I'm rhetoric. Being, the I, rhetoric, I
8: agree, Bre- I, Shep, Let's be fair.
7: The rhetoric from the podium, that CNN sucks chants the locker up chance all the rest it doesn't bring unity I, know, I agree it doesn't bring unity okay, but it also doesn't
8: bring explosive devices. no
7: one said it does but to, to 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 ignore the elephant in the room is just you know it's a fool's folly i think that
8: it's uh, really incorrect to somehow hold the president either by implication or
7: directly responsible in that, any way for the know. misdeeds of a person who's a psychopath or a sociopath. No one did that, though, Chris, and don't say I did. All I said was, when the rhetoric gets loud, the crazies come out sometime. And That's ma- drawing a cause and an effect that I think okay. is, un- un- uh, that is I unrealistic say cause and unfair. And effect. I just said we have an issue You said, You said when the rhetoric, rhetoric gets loud, the, the crazies come out. That's a cause and effect, Shep, okay. that doesn't exist. Okay, well you can say it doesn't exist. We'll see what exists here. All I'm saying is that when, from the from the largest microphones, from the highest plateaus, what we're getting is divisive. Television stations suck and lock her up and all the rest. It's new and it seems unhelpful. And both sides have said that, separate and apart from what just happened here. But that billboard there, the the rolling billboard, you know, it's it's not nothing. It, it it's a rolling billboard of. Again, I would simply point out that Bernie
8: Sanders had certain views and was a devout Bernie Sanders supporter who shot up the Republicans. And I don't think you can hold Bernie Sanders responsible. He had uh, rhetoric that was strong. I'm not comparing his rhetoric to the president's, but I don't hold him yeah. responsible any more than I hold President Trump responsible.
7: This is the act the guy, of a, of back a criminal. At the time, and, and, back at and, the time when the Bernie Sanders stuff was true, people said it then, too. I, and it was wrong, then. And that was a
0: little sample of a recent discussion that Shep Smith from Holly Springs, Mississippi, and Chris Wallace, who I assume grew up in New York because his dad was Mike Wallace, the great CBS News guy. And that from a recent episode of, I guess, Shepard Smith's show on Fox News Channel. Well, that concludes our political spotlight here on Election Day 2018. We'll be here all night long covering the tally of what's going on in races across the region and on the Wednesday, y'all, will have as much info as we can pass along with the winners and what the impact. Will it be a blue wave? Will it be a red tsunami? We will tell you all, y'all, on Wednesday's show or Thursday's show, if we have to wait around for more results to come in, we've got you covered. Well, we are done with Hour 1. When we come back in Hour 2, we'll have our sports land yet. We've got college basketball starting today, and we'll look at college football from this past weekend. The UCF Knights are looking oh so good. We've got info on them. And we'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Herrimans, joining us once again. And he's going to talk about briskets. I can't wait. I didn't say biscuit. Brisket. And he'll tell you about this delicious delicacy in hour two. That's all ahead on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent. two of the y'all show on a tuesday welcome back to this all southern show with your host john Rawl, and what a huge day today is it's not because of an election a silly election are you kidding me today is the start of college basketball there's about 50 games that are tipping off later today and tonight all across college basketball Unbelievable lineup on this Tuesday, November 6th. If you love college basketball, congratulations. You've made it through the dark winter. And now it's time. It's prime time. Where's Dick Vitale when you need him? Yes, just to give you an idea of some of the games, Duke, number four in the country, they are at the Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis tonight to take on the number two Kentucky Wildcats. Indy hosting this big matchup between Duke and Kentucky. That's not the only big game. Another big game going on happens at the Donald L. Tucker Center in Tallahassee. And that is Florida State, ranked number 17 in the country, hosting Michael White's Florida Gators. What a great way to start off the season of basketball in the Sunshine State. And that happens tonight. Plenty of other contests. Just about every SEC team has a contest tonight and there's ACC teams playing as well. So college basketball is here, and we are excited here on the Y'all Show to bring you that now that there will be some decent games, and the exhibition season is kaput. Good stuff there. We're going to have Matthew Hearmans. He likes some college basketball from time to time. He'll be on in just a few minutes, but he won't be talking basketball. He'll be talking brisket. (laughs) Oh yeah. So we've got that coming up. Get your brisket advice and tips and how to do it, and what do you need what you need to be on the lookout for if you're going to try to do a brisket, all that ahead with the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hearmans. But yes, happy start of College Basketball Day, Tuesday, November 6, 2018. It's not Election Day. It's the start of college basketball, for goodness sakes. By the way, the other day, did you see at a rally, going back to politics for a minute, but weaving in college basketball at a rally, I think it was Friday night of last week, President Trump had a big rally in Indiana, and Bobby Knight, the great Bobby Knight, who won three national titles coaching the Indiana Hoosiers, he joined the president on stage. And then yesterday, it's not basketball, but I saw Lou Holtz with the president when he was in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So the president has a way of getting those coaches out, in Indiana at least, on the political stump. College basketball starting tonight, congratulations to all you basketball fans. You've made it. All right, let's get to the old gridiron, and Florida State football coach Willie Taggart is now going to give play call duties to his offensive coordinator. I wonder what the world this offensive coordinator was doing before this decision. You would think that's what an offensive coordinator does, is is, is make plays. But I guess Taggart was calling them himself. Uh, FSU said that he wanted to shake things up, and now these role will go to his offensive coordinator and – Taggart said he's not a big ego guy, but after a start where FSU is four and five overall and two and five in the ACC, he's let his coordinator Walt Bell call plays, and that will happen going forward. Bob Bell will call the shots again this week after against undefeated Notre Dame last week. The Knolls went to Raleigh and lost to NC State 47 to 28. But the Knolls searching any kind of solution is they've had a, a season that perhaps they may not go to a bowl for the first time in about 30, maybe 30 plus years, maybe closer to 40 years. They have the longest bowl streak in college football. Remember last year, they were on the verge of not getting that sixth win to be bowl eligible and they scheduled a game that had been canceled because of the hurricane. They ended up rescheduling a game at home after The season supposedly ended with Florida. They brought in Louisiana Monroe for a game in Tallahassee, got that win, got the sixth win they needed, and went on to play in the Independence Bowl in Shreveport. And they knocked off Southern Miss and got a winning season. I don't know how the Golden Eagles lost that one, but they sure did. And that was with an interim coach guiding the Knowles because Taggart had not arrived after Jimbo Fisher left town for greener pastures in College Station. But yeah, FSU making some desperate moves here to try to get on the winning side of things, at least get to 500 when the season's over with. But right now, four and five, and they've got that contest with Notre Dame this weekend. I wish them well. I would love to see Notre Dame go down, mainly because they're an independent. I'm tired of seeing them get special treatment for not being in a conference. Now, I say that, and I love the Army Black Knights, who are also an independent and Army man. What a great season Coach Munkin's having there along the Hudson. And we'll tell you about the, actually them right now because the Army Black Knights and the cadets of West Point are in the news for not the best of reason. Now, last weekend, Army hosted Air Force on the banks of the Hudson in this rivalry game that helps go to the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy And oftentimes what happens with military schools, they'll have pranks amongst the cadets or the midshipmen if you're at Navy. And usually they're kind of harmless, no big deal. Well, this was a prank that went wrong because the Air Force Falcon named Aurora is in real serious health problems right now because Aurora was injured at West Point during a prank before the annual rivalry football game last weekend against west point now aurora is a 22 year old falcon and luckily it's showing signs of improvement u.s air force academy spokesperson meade warthen said yesterday that they expect her to recover and she flew around her pen on sunday that's good news because i thought that aurora may not uh, make it through the weekend after this prank went terribly wrong army officials at west point apologized for the injuries to the falcon and promised a full investigation The falconry team advisor at the U.S. Air Force Academy, Sam Dollar, told the New York Times that two West Point cadets took the Academy's two Falcons, put sweaters over them, and stuffed them into dog crates. Dollar said the cadets turned them over Saturday morning with Aurora's wings bloodied. Aurora is the Air Force Academy's official and oldest mascot. She doesn't fly at football games, but attends most away games to greet fans. So go Falcons, and it looks like Aurora the Actual live falcon for the Air Force Academy, aim high Air Force, just might be back around. And that's great news as this bird is now 22 years old. And it needs to, for the sake of college football, don't we love our mascots? Don't we love our traditions? And what great institutions we have, like the U.S. Naval Academy, the United States Military Academy, the U.S. Air Force Academy, and of course, Virginia Military Institute. And the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina, which I'll be there this weekend. Go Bulldogs. Okay, so moving on to what's going on in college football from a standing standpoint, looking at the group of five primarily here on this, the Sports Lanyap edition of y'all. We're going to give the ACC its proper credit on the Wednesday show. And as we told you in hour one on Thursday, I want to go ahead and warn you, if you can't stomach it, Ryan Fowler We'll be back on as a special guest. Ryan hosts the game on Tide 102.1 or 102.3 in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is the sports station. It's the only sports station in Tuscaloosa. And he has a show, let's just be honest, that is all Crimson Tide. And he is an Alabama enthusiast. You might even go ahead and say homer. He, he and I have worked together a long time, and I'm crazy about Ryan. Great guy. He and I like to talk politics. But on Thursday, we will not be talking politics. We'll be talking about a domination, but not from a political party, but that domination you see from Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide football team. Gosh, will anybody stop him? Well, I'll ask Ryan that question. So, But if you have a question, or comment about Crimson Tide football. They've got three games left. They play Mississippi State at home this weekend. Their last game in the regular season will be at home against the Auburn Tigers. And that team I just plugged that I was going to go see this weekend, I'm going to go see them next weekend too. The Citadel Bulldogs play Alabama at Bryant-Denny Stadium next weekend. And I'm going to be there wearing my Citadel blue and white, rooting on the Bulldogs to the biggest upset in college football history. You won't even think about Appalachian State, Michigan anymore. It will happen. Mark my word, not words, just word. I'll just take one word. But yeah, I'll be there. My son's going to join me. I've got my tickets. Can't wait. But yeah, that's next weekend. But Alabama is on a roll. And assuming they can get by the Citadel, they will be playing in the SEC championship against Georgia. They will be playing in the college football playoff. And even if they lose to the Bulldogs, not Mississippi State, the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina, if they do lose that game, they still got a chance for the national championship. They'll only have one loss. Yeah, I'm being a little bit goofy, but I can be. I'm a homer. Ron Fowler's a homer for the Tide. I'm a homer for the, as Tim Brando would say, the Black Knights of the Ashley River. But we're no Black Knights, Tim. We're the cadets of the Citadel. We got a big win this past weekend. We beat Western Carolina. So, all right, you don't care about my small FCS Southern Conference school. I I, I hear you. But let's tell you about some smaller schools. First, from the American Athletic Conference. This team, they want Bama. They really do. That would be the UCF Knights. They are Still undefeated, 8-0, ranked 12th in the country. And if they keep winning, and and there's only like one other undefeated team in the college football playoff, like in Alabama, and if they've been able to pull two years back-to-back of being undefeated, I'd find them a spot and put them in the top four and let them play, just to shut them up, if nothing else. Maybe maybe they are that good. But right now, they are 8-0, They got a big win last week in Orlando against Temple in a division game in the American East, and they are surviving. And this weekend, they play the Navy Midshipmen. The Naval Academy heads to Florida for a game. So we are going to now hear from the head coach of UCF, and he's in his first season guiding this team, and that would be Josh Heupel. Everybody remembers Josh, yeah. Josh was a great quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners, back in 2000, 1999, 2000, remember that time period? And he actually was the runner-up to the Heisman Trophy in 1990, but he was an All-American and the AP Player of the Year in the year 2000. also won the Walter Camp Award. And although he didn't win the Heisman, he did lead Oklahoma to the undefeated season and a national championship when they beat Florida State in the 2001 Orange Bowl. So This guy, Josh Heupel, leading UCF now in his first season. He's 40 years old. He's a native of Aberdeen, South Dakota. Prior to being at UCF, he had been in the college ranks most recently at Mizzou, where he was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for two years. And then after Coach Frost took off for Nebraska, he got hired at UCF and is 8-0 and guiding the UCF Knights right now. He was on a conference call yesterday talking about his Knights program, getting ready to take on Navy. Let's go hear from Josh Heupel, head coach, talk about his UCF Knights.
5: Yeah, there's a lot of outside noise. The only thing we talk about inside of our program is is uh, the next opponent. Uh, we understand, you know, <laughs> the test that you have every single week in this league. Uh, when I was a coach outside of this league, uh, I had a great amount of respect for the programs, the traditions of the program, uh, you look at this league. Uh, there's a bunch of football teams that have played a lot of really good football for a real long time, uh, no matter what conference that they may have been in, um, with the, you know how young this conference has been. Um, being in the conference now, I, I, I have an even greater appreciation for it. Great players, great skill players. Uh, really, really well-coached football teams. You have to bring it every single week, and, and uh, you know, the next test for us is Navy, and, and that's really all we're concerned about.
0: Josh Hypo, head coach of UCF Knights, talking there in the American Athletic Conference press call from yesterday. Hope you enjoyed learning about him and learning more about his program. And this guy, of course, big player in college football back in 1999-2000, the runner-up of the 2000 Heisman Trophy. By the way, the winner... Of that year, the Heisman Trophy, Chris Winky from Florida State. And what is Chris Winky doing, if you're curious? He's now the running backs coach for the Tennessee Volunteers. He's on Rocky Top, and he and Jeremy Pruitt, well, they're trying to get a big win this weekend against the Kentucky Wildcats. But that's what Chris Winky is, former Heisman Trophy winner, former baseball player prior to coming back to play college football. And, of course, one time he was the skipper on the field of the Carolina Panthers during a very bad time of Panther football, oh, ten, twelve 10, 12 years ago, something like that, pre-Cam Newton. But yeah, good news there for UCF as they are undefeated and Heupel hoping to keep that trend going. On the west side of the American Athletic Conference, the Houston Cougars, they actually suffered their first loss of the year in the conference last week as I didn't see this one coming. Congratulations to the SMU Mustangs as they picked up a big win over Houston and Dallas last week. 45-31, Houston gets the win over their in-state opponent from the Bayou City. Another surprise coming from the AAC last week was Tulane. They killed the South Florida Bulls in Tampa. 41-15, Green Wave getting it done. Tulane now 4-5 and five overall and second in the American Athletic West Division. So great job, Green Wave. Hullowaloo! Yes, great job. We don't often brag on the Tulane Green Wave on this show, but how about you, Tulane? Good win for you last week. Big 12, quickly. Oklahoma and West Virginia are the darlings of that conference, and they're both 5-1. Oklahoma with a big road win at Texas Tech last week. West Virginia, man, what a thrilling win against the Texas Longhorns. Going for two there and getting it. Coach Holgerson showing some Mountain State chutzpah getting that one across the goal line for the winning score as West Virginia and Oklahoma leading that conference. A couple of teams like Texas and Iowa State have two conference losses. Remember, the Big 12 takes the two top teams and now we will have a conference championship game, pitting those two in a championship format. CUSA standings, the MTSU Blue Raiders lead the East Division with a 5-1 and one record. The Blue Raiders are 6-3 and three overall. That's also the mark of the FIU Golden Panthers right now. On the west side, UAB continues to be the story of the conference. The Blazers are 6-0. and They've got Southern Miss coming into Birmingham this weekend. And UAB is 8-1. I don't know how they did this, but their only loss this year, they're 8-1. and The only loss they had was to a very poor Coastal Carolina team in Conway, South Carolina. They went on the road early in September, lost that one. But man, we could be talking about UAB potentially. I won't say getting to the playoff but having a top 10 they're not even ranked right now but if they win this week they keep on winning you might see this team that truly emerged from nowhere in the last two years doing well in cusa football now to the independents, notre dame of course nine and oh they've got fsu this weekend army seven and two yeah they beat air force in a thrilling game this past weekend we told you about that win and the damage they did to the air force falcon aurora but the Black Knights of Army doing great job there in New York State with a very good 7-2 and mark. They'll be back in a bowl this year. Great job there by Coach Munkin. Now, moving on to another conference to tell you about, the Sunbelt Conference. The Trojans from Troy are 5-0. and They lead the East Division, and they'll be on the road in Statesboro alongside beautiful Eagle Creek this weekend as Georgia Southern welcomes in Troy for a game. And this will be kind of for the lead of the East Division Although Appalachian State will have something to say about that, both App State and Georgia Southern have four and one marks. But Georgia Southern did knock off the Mountaineers two weeks ago. But the Trojans are five and zero, seven and two overall, which is also the record Georgia Southern has. Remember, the Trojans knocked off Nebraska early in the season on the west side of the Sun Belt. The Warhawks from Louisiana Monroe are three and two, and they lead that division. They also have a five and four overall mark in college football right now now to the smaller guys the fcs ranks and looking at the standings there from the south as far as the caa goes the elon phoenix are four and one they're a game behind the delaware blue hens and the colonial the james madison dukes now have two conference losses i didn't realize they'd already lost two games this team which has been a dynasty in the fcs ranks is six and three overall Moving on to the Missouri Valley Conference. No surprise, the North Dakota State Bison lead that way as far as our team from the South. The Missouri State Bears are four and five and two and four in the Missouri Valley Conference standings. Ohio Valley Conference. The Jacksonville State Gamecocks are six and one doing quite well, seven and two overall. seven and two is also the mark that the Semo Redhawks have the place where Donald Trump was last night. And SEMO, they're 5-1, and one, but they got a win over Jacksonville State. So technically, they're kind of sort of tied for the lead of the Ohio Valley Conference. To the Southern Conference, and congratulations to Randy Sanders in his first year in Johnson City as the East Tennessee State University Buccaneers have clinched at least, at least a share of the Southern Conference What a great job by this team as they brought football back to Johnson City just a few years ago. And ETSU getting a big win at Mercer this past weekend. Walford went down to Sanford and lost a game to the Sanford Bulldogs. As a result of that, ETSU is going to be at least a co-champion. And they have a chance to be an outright champion if they win their conference finale. They don't have a game this week. They have a final game coming up in two weeks in SoCon play. They get that win. They will be SoCon champs. So congratulations to Coach Sanders, who, of course, was on the Tennessee staff for a long time, also was at Florida State. And what a great job there, as this team literally was shut down for about 13 years, but now brought back to life. Their next game is at home against the Samford Bulldogs on November 17th. So they get a breather this weekend in East Tennessee. Southland Conference standings, the Menese Cowboys, the Nichols Colonels, and the Incarnate Word Cardinals are all tied at 5-2 in that conference. And looking at the SWAC, the Alcorn State Braves lead the East Division with a 6-1 and one mark on the West Side. The Southern Jaguars and Grambling Tigers are on top of that. Southern with a 4-1 and one mark and Grambling with a 4-2 and two record in college football standings, FCS style. So that is a look at what's going on. And then quickly, if you look at the latest FCS Coaches Bowl, the Kennesaw State Owls, they are number two in the country right now. Congratulations to the Owls fans there just north of Atlanta. Other southern teams in the top ten of the FCS. Elon checks in at number five. They moved up after defeating Rhode Island last week, 24-21. to Jacksonville State, after knocking off UT Martin, they are at number nine. And the James Madison Dukes fell after they lost to New Hampshire last week, 35-24. to Mike Houston having more losses this year than expected in Harrisonville, Virginia. And that is a glance at our college football standings and rankings and such in our sports yet for the week. Hopefully you all enjoyed that. Again, we'll have ACC Spotlight tomorrow, SEC Spotlight Thursday with Ryan Fowler from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, talking about the number one Alabama Crimson tie. And we'll throw in some other SEC-related stuff to him. Hopefully he'll be prepared to talk about other teams. I know it must be hard when you're number one, you're up on the mountaintop. I'm sure he is somewhat aware of the other 13 programs in the SEC. We'll, we'll drag it out of him somehow. When we come back, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue is going to join us and we're going to talk brisket with Matt Herman's. That's up next here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent.
1: This car I'm driving, I overpaid big time. It was such a mistake. I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range? Oh, they were way off. Son of a...
2: Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
3: Wherever you are this giving season, there's no better way to say happy holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And right now, you can get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at vistaprint.com. There are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from. Or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures. So get merry, get jolly, get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY.
2: John is firing up his Coleman grill We got 24 tall boys on the
4: chill Yeah, 14 of them's mine A little Marshall Tucker on the radio
0: it's election day 2018. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl, on the World Wide Web. You can find us at YALL.com, Y-A-L-L.com. Each and every Tuesday, well, we don't always talk politics here on the show, but we always try to fit in some barbecue and grilling talk. And to do that, we bring on the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hearman's Happy Election Day 2018 to you, sir.
9: Happy election day to you, John.
0: You've got my vote.
9: Fantastic.
0: That's yeah. one. Yeah. What? What is the best position, a person like you, the czar of all things Q, what would the best position in government be for someone like you?
9: I mean, is there such thing as like, uh, you know, Southern culinary ambassador or something like that? Because, uh. You know, basically, somebody who gets to wear some type of uh, fancy uniform and go around and talk about different regional food groups. I mean, that would be something I would love. I don't think that exists, but if I, I mean, if we're in fantasy land, I'll go ahead and make that position
0: well, right now. We we we're not quite in fantasy land. I was really hoping you were going to tell me there was a position out there for you. Unfortunately, for about, you, go ahead.
9: How about how about kings?
0: Uh, well, it, close enough. The only position that I can think of that you need. <laughs> You need to run for president because when you're president, you kind of get to go all over the country, as we've seen from our president right now. He goes True. to three cities in one day. And so could you imagine having the access to Air Force One? You don't even have to pay the bill on it. And you could wake up in the morning and then fly into mm-hmm. wherever you want to go, have breakfast, oh, go to rendezvous in Memphis for lunch, and then fly over to eastern North Carolina and have some of their barbecue for supper. How does that
9: sound? That that sounds fantastic. Honestly, I probably wouldn't even have to get off the plane. I think I think uh when you're the prez, I think you've got some uh some folks around you that may be able to even bring the barbecue to the to the runway. So, yeah, I uh I'm into that. Let's yeah. make that happen.
0: Well, if you're the president, you should have the power to have an incredible chef on staff that can make you anything you want. To make it taste just like these places you like. That that's from what I gather. But you know, this current it's, president we have, he actually enjoys fast food. He'll go and get Wendy's when he's on that Air Force One. Can you imagine that?
9: Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, you know, I know, I know he's a big fan of KFC as well. And uh, the only the only problem I don't eat a whole lot of fast food, but the only problem I have is that Popeyes and. Uh, and uh, some other chicken places are clearly superior to KFC. I probably made people mad by saying that, but uh, that's the only problem I have with it. That's all.
0: Uh, so you're a big Popeye's guy.
9: I like Popeye's. There's some uh, other regional chains uh, that I like okay. as far as chicken goes. Honestly, uh, if we're talking fried chicken real briefly, I think Gus's in Memphis is probably the best I've ever had. Yeah.
0: I like I like Gus's. They're all over the south yeah. now. I think they even have one in the Houston area, if I'm not mistaken. They, they,
9: there is. They have not been able to visit yet, but yeah, there is one in Houston
0: now. Yeah. So we have there this this chickens that honestly I lived in Nashville for a long time. I never heard of something called hot chicken, but now it's all the rage. <laughs> and even KFC has something called I think Nashville Hot Wings or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's kind of new to me that but but I enjoy hot sauce on chicken. It's it's really a great combination.
9: Yeah, I agree. I agree, and that's that's uh, that's kind of what I like about Gus's. They actually mix, mix the hot sauce into their uh, batter, so it kind of comes out kind of reddish pink looking. You've had it, yeah. Uh, I know you you would recognize that. It's pretty good, real good.
0: Well, to be honest with you, they use I think it's Louisiana hot sauce at their tables at Gus's Fried Chicken, at least the ones I've been into, and I don't uh-huh. I don't like that. So when I go to Gus's, I ask, actually ask them for their to go hot sauce packets. And it's from their food service, might be whoever that is, Monarch. And it's okay. it's I enjoy it better than I and I like the hot sauce. We could probably do a couple of shows on hot sauce.
9: We probably could. We w- probably could. I'm a I'm a crystal guy.
0: Well, I think that's where these these packets are crystal uh, hot sauce. I, I don't I don't know for oh, sure. Okay. I like Tabasco, but this this crystal these little packets at Gus's I think taste better than the Louisiana hot sauce. What is your theory on grilling and hot sauce?
9: Well, I like hot sauce uh, to to use in like a marinade or maybe a brine. Um, it's very, or hot sauce and a barbecue sauce. I do like to, to make kind of a spicy, uh, hot uh, barbecue sauce. And I do add crystal, but you could add Tabasco, which is hotter, or Louisiana or whatever you want, to your barbecue sauce. I generally make, when I do a barbecue sauce, I'll do it sweet, um, and then I'll do a, a hot, and uh, the hot, I'll basically add a quarter cup or maybe a half a cup of crystal or something like that in there. So, yeah, to that extent, I definitely like to incorporate barbecue sauce. Also, if you're doing a, if you're marinating chicken or if you're marinating wings or if you're brining wings to uh, to smoke them, something like that. Yeah, I like to add a little bit of hot sauce to my brine. That gives it you kind know, of depth of flavor uh, for sure. Yeah, there's all kinds of way, ways you can use hot sauce. We get down the road and start talking about. Um, yeah, we return to uh, to different cuts of barbecue later on down the road. We can talk about injection, and that's when that's when hot sauce can really come into the mix. But we'll uh, okay. we'll save that for the graduate level courses somewhere down the line. We think. <laughs>
0: hey, I'm always up for talking about injections.
9: <laughs>
0: hey, I do gather from what you just said, Matt, that you can put hot sauce into your grilling but it doesn't necessarily make your food selection hot it just accentuates maybe some of the flavor is that what i gather professor
9: absolutely you can kind of absolutely so you can add a little bit which is just kind of a flavory kind of a vinegar peppery punch or you can add a lot and make something hot um you know some people uh, obviously toss wings in, in a you can smoke wings, and you can toss them in a crystal and butter mixture and basically make it a buffalo sauce. Um, there's all kinds of different things you can do with hot sauce, but as we know, you got to be careful which one. You've got kind of the, the crystal and the Louisiana and the Texas Pete. Those are all pretty much the same kind of pepper sauce. Then I love Tabasco, but Tabasco is on a much hotter scale, so if you're going to use Tabasco, you need to have that in mind.
0: I like the flavor of Tabasco. I don't like the, the heat factor. I don't like hot sauce being hot, frankly. I do like the taste. As long as it doesn't make yeah. me cry like a baby, which is something I'm already doing anyway. I don't need hot sauce to, to make me cry.
7: <laughs>
9: yeah, yeah, that's true. That, that, uh, the, the flavor with the Tabasco, that, those oak barrels, I mean, it's very good. I, I love it, but it is it does have a much uh, much stronger kick than, say, a crystal.
0: Have you ever taken the tour of Avery Island and the Tabasco plant?
9: You know, I haven't, and I feel, I feel like a, a terrible person because I've always loved Tabasco. no, I haven't ever done it. That's on my list
0: to do that. Okay. Well, I know there may be other hot sauces. That's a big deal in Louisiana. I think every mom and pop has their own flavor of of some kind of hot sauce they put out there on the market. However, Tabasco probably is the granddaddy of hot sauces, and they do a great job. They've got some kind of tourism spot there in South Louisiana near Lafayette where you can go and tour the— the process of making hot sauce. So, hey, that's somewhere you can put on your radar, friends, if you are looking for an escape. The Tabasco factory in Avery Island in Louisiana. Which, by the way, the guy that started Tabasco, we have him to thank for Nutra. I know you're a big fan of Nutra. Oof.
9: Do we? I did not know that. That I mean, I love Tabasco, but I mean, I, it's hard to uh, hard to want to thank anybody for the Nutra Rat.
0: Yeah, well, what happened was uh, over a hundred years ago, he had done quite well already with his making of Tabasco, well enough that he had an island just off the coast of Louisiana or one of those barrier islands. And during a, he he liked to have exotic animals, and the Nutra comes from South America. And during you could guess here during a hurricane that came through that area, the Nutra got off his island and got onto the mainland of Louisiana, and let's just say they bred like nutria. And now yeah. they're all over the southeast.
9: I have never, uh, I have never heard that story, but that makes a lot of sense. We have those nasty things in Southeast Texas as well. Basically, yeah. if anybody has never seen one, it's like a uh, ugly beaver without a tail. Yeah, I would say.
0: I would say so too. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know how well they do on a grill. Have you ever grilled a nutra? <laughs> <laughs> I
9: have not. I haven't. Those things. I got to be honest. I just think they're gonna taste like where they live, and, and that is nasty. If you live in the in the smutty, nasty, oof, garbage, man, I, I don't, I don't think I'd try that one.
0: Hey, have you ever looked at where pigs live? And I, I like the way pigs taste. So. You
9: know, you know I, that, that's true. There's something about that rodent, you know, <laughs> wet that wet rodent smell. I'm getting everybody real, uh,
0: yeah, real
9: ready to talk barbecue. on. Yeah, I'll just put it this way. I, I would. I've tried Coon, and I've tried other things, but a new trim will pass on that.
0: All right. We're talking with Matt Harriman's, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. When we come back, we've got you ready, set, and willing to talk about something that Matt wants to talk about, and that would be brisket. When we come back, he'll tell you what that is and how you can make your own brisket if you're in the mood. This is the Y'all Show as we continue on Election Day 2018.
4: At Ulta Beauty, the holidays are all about letting your inner glam shine through at every occasion. So whether you're getting ready to show them who's boss at the office party with pink and berry shades from Urban Decay's new Naked Cherry Palette, or you're getting ready for a mistletoe moment with colorful, kissable lip kits from brands like Tarte, ColourPop, and Anastasia, Ulta Beauty is here to help you shine brighter all season long, from Friendsgiving to New Year's Eve. Get ready to gift, get ready to glam, get ready to shine brighter. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.
6: The natural habitat of a creepy doll is a horror movie. It can't help being creepy. It's that small, fixed smile and those never-closing eyes, always watching you, plotting, which you're imagining. It's mindless. But when the creepy doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them easy access to emergency roadside service through an award-winning app, it knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. The only question is, how did the creepy doll move from the bedroom to the hallway? I would get out of the house.
0: Welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. I'm John Rawl, joined by the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hearman. It's election day, and the votes have been cast. And Matt, the Y'all listening audience says, we want you to talk about brisket. So my question to you, first of all, as a guy who grew up on the East Coast in the Carolinas, I really didn't know what the heck a brisket was until I was an adult. So... Was I completely sheltered as a child, or am I just just should I have not known what a brisket is if I'm from South Carolina?
9: No, no, probably uh, that's probably fairly fairly normal to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, now at this at this point, um, you know the barbecue. Honestly, the 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 meats have kind of merged across the southern barbecue landscape. Um, I think a good sign of this. When on a recent show, after I got back to South Carolina, we talked a little bit about Melvin's and they had a, they had a big promotion for their, their beef brisket at Melvin's in Charleston, South Carolina. Now that's probably something 30 years ago you wouldn't see. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it has kind of, you know, the brisket has moved east and then uh, the whole hog and the shoulder has become ubiquitous over in, in this side and it's all kind of mashed up. but... You know, you still have, of course, you still have different different meats that are more popular and, and thought of in different areas. So I don't, I don't think that's probably strange at all. I think people um, probably now growing up in in that neck of the woods would know what brisket is, but probably not 30 years ago. I would say it's changed quite a bit, don't you think?
0: Well, it, it, yes, but I still I've lived a lot in Tennessee. I've lived a lot in Mississippi, and brisket is still not the norm at any kind of barbecue restaurant. So I'm gonna defend. The majority of the south when we are brisket challenged my question to you matt yeah, you consider you consider brisket one of your three parts of barbecue ribs pork shoulder and, and then brisket so what the heck is a brisket how do you make it
9: well there's i'm gonna i'll say it this way brisket is a big tough piece of meat that comes from the chest of the cow um it is a it's kind of one of these it goes it goes along with the kind of the traditions of barbecue. It's a big, tough piece of meat that you can't really do much with unless you cook it for a long time on low heat and we start breaking down the uh, connective tissue and the fat. Uh, so it's very similar to, say, a whole hog or a pork shoulder in that you can't do much with those meats unless you cook them to the extent that they start getting tender. So that's the brisket comes from the chest of the cow. It is a... For anybody who hasn't seen one it is a somewhat rectangular about you know four or five inch thick piece of meat covered with a thick slab of uh, fat which is what we call the, the fat cap uh, that is what the brisket is it is also um, used to make pastrami a lot of the times it's pickled to make corned beef a lot of the times there's a lot of different uses for brisket but they don't not necessarily called, uh, called brisket. It has other names attached to it. When you talk about brisket, you generally think of uh, barbecue, um, at least in certain states.
0: Yeah. All right, so it's only from a cow, and I guess that means the shoulder is only from a pig, or is there such a thing as a cow shoulder?
9: No, there is such a thing as a cow shoulder, but nobody cooks those. Uh, it's called a shoulder claw. Now, I'm sure, since I'm saying this, somebody out there is saying, What I've cooked one for sure. Yes, I've seen somebody cook a shoulder claw uh, about 10 years ago, and it is a very, very tough piece of meat. Uh, it's not a play, not something you can get at a barbecue joint. It's not something that people typically cook. It's just a very, very tough piece of uh, leathery meat. Nobody eats cow shoulder. Okay. Um, <laughs> nobody right. eats cow shoulder, put it that way.
0: All right. Now back to brisket, which only comes from bovines. So tell me about how you prepare it.
9: All right. So I'm going to, you've you, you probably noticed my, my flexibility um, with, the, with the shoulder and the ribs and there's all different kinds of methods you can do it. There's all different kinds of wood to use. There's all different kinds of rubs and sauces and there's injections we can talk about later. There's all different kinds of flavor profiles that you can really kind of bring out of the pig, which is why I, I love the pig so much. With brisket. Um, I will I will say that I think there's only really one way to do a beef brisket. Now you're you're right. Um, having lived in Memphis and different areas, there are places that do brisket, but generally I will say this: it's not it's not done uh, very well uh, outside of some very select few spots. The only the reason I say that is because brisket consists of two different parts of the meat. You have the flat, which is kind of the bottom of the brisket, and, and, and if you're looking at it, it kind of has a hump on one side, and it kind of tapers down to the other side. The flat is this flat piece of meat that runs the length of the brisket, and then there's the point, which is a very, very fatty, uh, connective tissue-laden part that kind of sits on top of the flat. The key to the, the key to a good brisket is to cook both of those to where they are um, tender and moist and edible and delicious, but they're very different. Parts of the meat. Most people, when you think of brisket and you're imagining it in your head, you think of a sliced kind of rectangular piece of meat with a smoke ring around it. Um, and a lot of people trim trim the fat off of it. I, I don't I don't like to do that. But the other side is the point. Sometimes people uh, will grind that up into or chop it up into chopped beef and mix it with barbecue sauce. Some people, like myself, and I think a lot of you know uh, pitmasters. They prefer to eat the point uh, because when it's cooked properly, all that fat and connective tissue kind of melts down into a creamy uh, kind of delicious uh, meat butter that you can almost kind of smash into. You could smash into a sandwich and it's just kind of buttery and delicious. That's, that's my favorite part of the, the brisket. But the the reason I said there's one way to do it is there really is. Brisket does not, in my opinion, does not take well to – Sweetness. I don't think it takes well to a sugary rub. I don't think it takes well to uh, any type of, uh, you know, thick uh, sauce maybe being basted on it. It's just that beefy, beef you know, very beefy, deep flavor that I think is just where pork works really well with that type of stuff. I think beef needs to be simplified. So I use a little bit of salt, black pepper, and garlic. Those, those are the only things I would ever put on a brisket. Um, to keep it very safer. That's not to say you can't put salt on it after the fact, but I don't think a sweet rub or a sweet glaze or anything like that, I don't think that goes very well. That doesn't play well with a brisket, in my opinion. So when I say there's only one way to do it, I mean salt, black pepper, and garlic. Uh, and you can cook with you can cook with any wood you want, but oak is popular. Uh, pecan is popular. Hickory is a little too strong if you're going to use a lot of wood over the time of a brisket because remember a brisket can take 16 17 hours these are these are huge pieces of meat sometimes even up to 20 hours so if you've got a strong wood like hickory you've got to be very very careful with how much smoke you put on that brisket a pecan or an oak not quite as strong as hickory Uh, that's why it's popular for a very very long cook so that's kind of our start. You with right. me
0: so far, John? I am, and it looks like we're going to have to continue this on into another right. whole another week, if that's okay with you. However,
9: Absolutely.
0: however, let me ask you an important question. You've talked about the length. You said it's almost a full day of cooking in some cases. Now, last week you told us for pulled pork shoulder, for pork shoulder, it's like an hour cook time per pound. So, is there a similar measurement for brisket?
9: Absolutely, and I can can probably wrap it up pretty quick. Um, It's about an hour a pound for brisket as well. A lot of times people will want to take uh, the brisket once it hits about 190, 195, wrap it in foil or wrap it in newspaper, wrap it in parchment paper, and stick it into a cooler to let it kind of cook itself for the next hour and a half or two hours to break down that that connective tissue. But, yeah, the general rule is if you're going to cut 225, 250, Um, For a brisket, the same as pork shoulder, it's going to be about an hour a pound. And everything we talked about cooking a shoulder, the indirect, the wood, the temperature, the placement of the meat away from the fire, this all goes for brisket. You cook it the same way. It's the same concept. It's just a little bit different flavor profile. So there's brisket.
0: And from a babysitting standpoint, is brisket easier or is pork shoulder a little easier to to sit around and and have a good time watching beer, or watching it's, football, drinking beer. And which one do you have to pay attention to more?
9: It's it's about the same. You're okay. not going to base, you're not going to the brisket. You're not going to glaze it. You can do all that type of stuff with the shoulder, but you're not going to do that with the brisket. You're going to leave that seasoning rub right on there and let it turn into a dark black bark. It's the same. You can have fun. You can mess around. Cook it as long as you do it the same way. You're going to cook any other large piece of
6: meat.
0: All right, Matt Hearman's and we're not done and we're gonna continue this on into next week because one thing I want to ask you as a guy from east of the Sabine River, I need to know places in Texas, for example, which I guess you could call Texas the home of brisket. I need to know some great places in Texas to get brisket. So don't tell me today we're gonna to make you wait till next week. Is that does that sound like a deal, sir? That sounds
9: great. Isn't that what you call a teaser? That's it's, what you I'm call it.
0: That's what you call a teaser. And we're giving people a tease here on Election Day 2018. But, hey, we appreciate you. We appreciate the incredible knowledge. I feel so much smarter when we have you on the show each and every week.
9: Well, that's fantastic. For some reason, I I seem to stay the same smart for some reason.
6: <laughs>
0: I don't know well, we all are very thankful for your great knowledge of Q. Matt Herman's the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Have a great rest of your day.
9: You too, John. Appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, that will put a wrap on today's y'all show. We'll be back here tomorrow with as much election results as we can get in. We'll be up late, just like a lot of you will be, tracking races in Texas and also in Tennessee, the big race in both Florida and Georgia and more. It'll be all on the Wednesday, y'all. You don't want to miss it. Plus, we'll have ACC talk. And a reminder, on Thursday, SEC talk, we'll have Ryan Fowler from Tuscaloosa, the host of the game the all crimson tide show he'll be our guest so put your question in right now to you show at if you want to know about the alabama crimson tide until tomorrow's show have a great day you've been listening to y'all talk with a southern accent with your host john Rawls.
1: this car i'm driving i overpaid big time it was such a <laughs> mistake I should have just gone to Carfax.com, but I went to some other site. They gave me a price range? Oh, they were way off. Son of a...
2: Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report, so you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com.
3: Wherever you are this giving season, there's no better way to say Happy Holidays than with custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And right now, you can get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at vistaprint.com. There are hundreds of our newest card designs to choose from. Or give a year's worth of joy by personalizing calendars full of unforgettable pictures. So get merry. Get jolly. Get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus, save on other photo gifts at vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code HOLIDAY. That's vistaprint.com promo code HOLIDAY.